Oh, I didn't think I was going to go in and see that. Gentlemen, welcome to the Film Find, the greatest movie podcast ever. Assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before, I am your host, Adam Portress, and I'm back yet again. First of all, it feels like I haven't left here because uh, I've been doing the 31 Days of Halloween Horror over for the people at patreon.com slash the film find, and uh, it's been pretty good, man. It's been pretty good. We're uh, we're rounding the home stretch there, and I can't believe that I'm uh, still doing it and uh, making it halfway decent, I think, I think. Uh, but if you'd like to get those, uh, check them out at uh, patreon.com slash the film find. And I'd like to thank everybody that uh, helped don't, uh, you know, I donate. It's not really a donation. It's a payment. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for uh, helping me out, helping keeping this show going. And, uh, you know, I've been doing some solo shows and everything, but I decided, you know what? I need a little bit of help on this next episode because today, everybody, we are reviewing Halloween from 2018, right? That's right. It's just called Halloween. There's no other weird subtitles or anything else like that and i brought along a special guest here uh he has been on i can't remember how long ago it was but we had him on and uh he's now back again it's been far too darn long but he's back because he's promoting a podcast of his own that's right another person is joining the 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 wild realm of podcasting fun of going why am i doing this every week what the hell's wrong with me (laughs) brian smoke welcome back to the film find sir Hey Adam, good to be back. Good to be back. Yeah, it has actually. It's been about four years, I think. Holy crap! Yeah. All right. So far, what? Clearly, way too long. So uh, welcome back, <laughs> man. Holy cow! Uh, but yeah, we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of stuff today. And I was like, man, I, I I'm a fan of uh, John Carpenter's Halloween and everything. And uh, we're going to talk about how this, you know, pardon me, we'll relate back to the first film and everything. What it says getting rid of other, you know, movies in, you know, canon that are no longer in canon, I guess you could say. And, of course, uh, you know, where things may lead in the future, because we have quite the motley crew here uh, (laughs) writing and directing and everything with this. And on paper, you'd go, none of this matches. None of this makes sense. Is this going to be good? And we're going to find out if that's good. Uh, But first, let's talk about your podcast, Smoke. You've got a brand new show. Uh, You've just put out your first episode. Tell us a little bit about All-American Spook. A spook show podcast. Oh yeah, yeah. It's the the first episode just dropped about I guess a week ago, and uh, it's been an experience. It was, you know, the, the actually the only podcast I'd been on had been yours before, so it's it's a new world to me as far as podcasting goes. Part of it. Well, I take all credit uh, for everything that you guys have done. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was an experience. When I did that, was, that was you know, it was. I think we were discussing VHS. And it's pretty much what that show was about, and 
the world of VHS collecting at that time. Mm-hmm. And, 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 uh, and here we are. I've got a I've got a buddy who's got a documentary coming out not too awful long about uh, you know uh, <clears throat> going from like the the uh, the physical media days to the digital days and what that means for stuff uh, in. Right. Uh, uh, a documentary called Survival of Film Freaks. If you look back a couple episodes, uh, we had a, a oh, little yeah. interview about that. So uh, if you dig on that, check that out. Uh, yeah. So what what are you guys with with, with All American Spook Show podcast? What are you uh, What are you guys setting out to do? What What's kind of your your mission statement? Tell us a little bit about how the show is going to work. How it's going to be? Of course, it's going to be all horror related. At least uh, the primary. What it's going to be is one movie that we take and sort of pick apart. But before that, you know, we go into things that we, all of us, there's three of us. It's me, uh, Josh, and Willie are the other two. Willie is, uh, he's coming at it from the perspective of not having seen as many horror movies. Mm-hmm. And so he's kind of, he likes them. And me and Josh will kind of throw some movies out there and say, you know, maybe we'll, you know, we'll do this one on the next show. We'll do that one. And then, we'll, you know, we'll throw it out there to Willie and let him take a look at the trailer and, or, you know, information on it, see what it kind of interest him and mm-hmm. the first one we went with was reanimator so from you know classic from 1985 solid one and he had or, and that was one he'd never seen before right no you mentioned on the on the pod, on that episode of the podcast that he had not only had he not seen it but he never actually had heard of it oh, at that point so yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was coming into it fresh straight you know no preconceived notions or anything and uh and he ended up you know, liking it a lot. So, you know what I and like I mean, to say. Hard not to on that movie. Yeah, you know, you know what nobody talks about with Reanimator is how what's, what's his nose looks exactly like John Kerry. <laughs> he does. He <laughs> looks exactly true. like John <laughs> Kerry. If you watch that movie and you just go, John Kerry's like just carrying his head around all day. That's exactly what it looks like. It looks just like him. Kind of, you'll never look at the movie the same way again. You're like, son of a bitch, it looks exactly like John Kerry, and he's going, his, his severed head is going down on that lady. How about that? Good job, John Kerry. Uh, yeah, that's his new campaign. So, you know. Yeah, just <laughs> taking the uh, Dolomite album's uh, uh, <laughs> titles, Eat Out More Often. <laughs> like, Jesus yeah. Christ, could you be any more blatant Dolomite? I swear. Uh, but yeah, so are you, so you guys are going to cover mostly horror films and things like that. Uh, is there any sort of prerequisite? Do you want to go to things that are like, you know, more mainstream? Do you want to go to like off the wall sort of stuff? Is it, uh, you know, from the highest of the high budget to the lowest of the low and, you know, you really, especially with somebody like Willie, you need to like. You also need to slip in. I don't don't do this in the first like five episodes because he'll be pissed off and like never want to come back. But you got to You've got to do some real shit. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I think we I gotta, mean some really what? awful stuff that makes you go, "Oh, I want to see the high quality uh, <laughs> offerings from our friends over at Troma." After having oh, seen, yeah. you know. God bless yeah. <laughs> God bless him. He tries and he makes and he makes movies. He puts them out there. But I had a conversation with somebody last night about James Balsamo. Okay. Uh and uh see see I don't even see, so you don't even know who that is, right? <laughs> is he part of Troma? No, he again, he makes Troma look like Steven Spielberg's oh, okay. production okay. company. Uh <laughs> he his heart is in the right place and I look at most people and I just go, you know, you can say what you want about the man, but he's made movies. Uh, you know, yeah. they are what they are, but he's had a vision and he's put it to a medium and 
People are watching it. People are watching his stuff more than they're watching your stuff, and I'm sure it's <laughs> more popular than my shitty little podcast. So I, I I can't say nothing. So yeah, but give them some garbage. Give them some real garbage because there's something that's about you know somebody going in going like ah oh, well I don't know what this is all gonna what the hell am I doing with my life Why am I on this show This is so <laughs> stupid. Uh, yep, but yeah, something to go on that's like uh, just completely off the wall. I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe we just throw out like do Meet the Feebles or something, you know, or uh, I'm from, you know, Peter Jackson's or one of his early his early R-rated Muppet movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, I want to talk to you about this because uh, uh, funny enough, a guy, the guy at the bar last night was telling me about it. He was this crazy uh, uh, Cajun fella and he was he was rapping to me about this, that and the other. Uh, he was way drunker than I was. I can tell you that much. Uh, but I think you've done this. He was telling me all about the uh, the Myers house. Oh yes, yeah. That's how we just uh, got back from that this past weekend. So it's up in so, Hillsboro, so, so tell me a little bit about it. He was like he was super stoked on it. And did you say this is before he had gone, or he had already been? No, no. He'd tell me that he had he had uh, he'd been fairly recently. I guess. Oh okay. Oh yeah. So yeah, that was this past weekend. So. Yeah, he uh, it, he puts it on every year. This was the tenth annual. He calls it Halloween Bash. This is a uh, Kenny Caperton that that uh, owns the Myers House NC, and basically he built an exact replica of Michael Myers House from the first Halloween movies. That's wild. Uh, yeah, that's pretty. It's pretty awesome. And he has it all done up. Uh, you know, windows are all lit up, orange, just red, of course. You know, and so when you get up there, this is the first year we went to. It was me and my fiance went, and. Uh, you know, you get out there. It's in the Hillsboro. It's out in the you know country. Nothing else hardly around yeah, it. Yeah, that's what he was saying. He's just like, dude, it's the Myers house in the middle of a giant soybean field. Yeah. yeah. And it's perfect for it because he can do what he does, which is he has like on his front lawn in front of the house, he has a huge movie screen, nice sound system. And he plays this particular time. Like I so said, we haven't been to the, this is the first time, but we're definitely planning on going back next year already. But mm-hmm. he played a screen. I know what you did last summer, and he had Muse Watson there, which Muse Watson played the uh, the uh, fisherman, the killer, basically. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. With a hook, so yeah, he was there. He had his hook and everything, you know. Of course. And he did a Q and A after the movie, so that was that was fun. And then after that movie, he played the original Halloween, and then he went into Halloween two after that. So yeah, that was. And then everyone was awesome. left. Yeah, I'm not sure how many people. It had to be about a good five hundred people at least. Yeah, that's. I mean, he was he was talking like it's a, like it's a big thing, and I'm just like, it sounds good, but I was just like, it sounds like way too many people for me. <laughs> I don't yeah, seems it, was, it was quite a bit of people. But I mean, he, he had a food truck out there and everything. Like, uh, yeah, you you basically had to bring your own lawn chair though, because it's just sitting up on his front lawn. Yeah, I, or a blanket I, or whatever, you know. Hell, you might have ran into this dude at some point. I I, I well, wouldn't I wouldn't well have been surprised. <laughs> Because this is a cat that will get, grab your arm and start talking to you like, hey, man, let me tell you something. I'm like, I don't fucking – I'm in conversations with other people. Thanks for showing up. I'm like, I'm thanking him for showing up to things that, that didn't happen. There's no real event. I'm like, I, I all of a sudden just turn into comedian mode real quick. It's like, hey, yeah, thanks for showing up, man. Uh, like, like, what? I'm not doing a show. I'm coming in – I'm at a bar drinking. I'm like, hey, man, thanks for turning out. What? I, I don't know what the fuck I'm going. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit weird. Okay, so 
Uh, but if you guys want to check that out, uh, just go to Facebook.com and uh, look up All American Spook Show Podcast and uh, throw them a like on there. Subscribe to them on, you know, what do you guys like? iTunes, Stitcher, just about everywhere at this point, right? Yeah, yeah Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Podbean. But, you name it, uh, go get it, everybody. <laughs> okay. It was just recently got on uh, iTunes. So yeah, was, iTunes uh, is always the one that takes a little bit longer than everybody else, for sure. True. Yep. Okay, so let's get into a little bit of what you've been watching here. Now, most of my what you've been watching uh, can be found over at patreon.com slash the film find. Uh, I've been watching, you know, horror films over the past 30 days. Uh, well, almost 30 days at this point. Um, I and, and honestly, some of it was like, hey, I want to talk about these movies. Other ones were uh, more or less... I would put myself in the medium horror uh, kind of catalog, I guess. If I was a, a fan, I like things. I haven't seen a lot of the, you know, kind of staples and things like that. I've seen a good number of them, but obviously, especially during the 80s and stuff, there were so many, uh, you know, of these big giant movies and stuff that uh, <laughs> it was tough to see them all, you know what I mean? And especially oh, yeah. if you're coming back and, you know, you don't have somebody you know, like to shepherd you through all that kind of stuff. And you're just going like, well, wait a minute, how do I find this? But thankfully to the digital age, a lot of this stuff is uh, out there. So I'll just give a, I'll give a quick rundown of some of the things that I talk about. And I'll tell you a, a quick thing about uh, them if, if they need to. Uh, but so far in the 31 days of Halloween horror, can you tell that I want people to go and uh, support on Patreon? Uh, I did a five minute review of uh, Mandy, the new Nicolas Cage flick. Uh, by Paz, uh, uh, Cosmatos over there. Uh, pretty good. Suggest people watch that one. Uh, Night of Living Dead, The Thing, uh, uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. I did Zombie 2 and 3. Uh, just saw 3 for the first time. Uh, oh, that had to be spectacular. Right that there. was really good. And it was at the back of a fucking video store. So Vizart oh. and Charlotte's got a little screening room oh. in the back with like a 106-inch screen. And so, you know, we're watching projected horror films or, or whatever they're, you know, whatever they wish back there. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's been pretty fun. Uh, I also did a quick review of The Ring, The Walking, or excuse me, uh, Dawn of the Dead from 2004, Freddy vs. Jason, Evil Dead 2, Army of Darkness, Phantasm, which I'd never seen Phantasm before. I, I was, a, you know, I was a big uh, Bubba Hotep fan, but never got into the Phantasm movies. Uh, but I saw the first one. It's weird as fuck. Uh <laughs> You know, I, I, you know, I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. It's one of those, I'm going to have to revisit that and maybe a couple of the other ones again, just to kind of, you know, get it oh, yeah. <laughs> for sure. Uh, I'm assuming it'll probably grow on you. Like, that, that's my guess. Cause that, like, especially the first time you're like, this is just fucking weird, <laughs> <laughs> but good. But, but like, Hey, here's the thing. It's weird, but it's entertaining, you know? Because yeah, you, yeah. you can't say it's super boring because you're like, what is this? What's going on? I'm confused. Is this person like, Why dead? are those Jawas pulling people in the other dimensions? I'm like, where are these weird... Yeah, where are these weird little Jawa midgets coming from? And how is that the plan? Let's jam <laughs> Let's jam people down so they're small. How, how does that help with anything? Uh, you don't want to know. You can't know. Uh, also, first time uh, viewing uh, was David Cronenberg's Rabid. I enjoyed oh. that. I hadn't seen that before, nor had I seen Basket Case, believe it or not. 
Oh, awesome! Yeah. I, I had seen I had seen like advertisements and stuff for Basket Case all the way back oh, yeah. from the eighties and stuff like that. But it was one of those things. I didn't really get into horror films until I was about like seventeen, sixteen, seventeen, eighteen is when I, eighteen, nineteen is when I really started, you know, just diving into everything. Uh, but Basket Case is always one of those ones that I saw around the VHS store back in the day, but never really, you know, bothered to see. I was like, oh, this is probably fucking stupid. And no, it's good. It it is stupid. Don't get me wrong. It's stupid, oh, but it's good. <laughs> it's a good stupid. <laughs> and honestly, that's a film I think they could remake. I really do. Oh, yeah. I think they could remake that, and it might be good. How are the other ones? How are the sequels to that? Uh, the sequels are. I mean, they're. I don't think they hit quite on the same level for me. They did have a big. He had a bigger budget when he did oh, the sequels. Yeah. I think as far as the effects and everything. But it just didn't strike the same chords with me that I like them though. Don't get me wrong, I like I like both the sequels. It's just uh, that first one, I know, it's kind of like the first like the first Texas Chainsaw. So I love the Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. Yeah, but, the, but that's a before, whole but, like so. Texas Chainsaw Two is like a whole new ball of wax compared to Texas yeah. Chainsaw. It's like it's like yeah. you ain't even in the same uh, reality. <laughs> Uh, you know, <laughs> you just might as well drop some drugs and have a fun time with, yeah, with yeah. two because, yeah. and man, when you, when you watch two, you're just like, oh, this is where Rob Zombie gets it all. <laughs> True. Yeah. That's, you just yeah. stole it all from this yeah. movie. All right. Yes. Fair enough. And you got to admit, like, I mean, Toby Hooper had, I mean, he knew, he knew he was, wasn't going to be able to make Texas Chainsaw 2 the way he made the first one. Oh yeah. So we just kind of went completely the other ways. Like I'm just going to throw humor in. I didn't put gore in there. I left it to the imagination in the first one. Well, let's just put a bunch of gore in this one. It's just you know, music it. soundtrack's going to be yeah, you know, punk and country, all this different stuff, and they just throw everything with the kitchen sink in there. And you know, for me, it worked because I knew that he wasn't going to be trying to make another yeah original Texas Chainsaw with us. Movie. That was actually a. So the Back Alley film series, they haven't been done it for a while, but for a first couple of years here, uh, they did like they do horror programming each week. And then like on the last week, you had a secret 35 millimeter screening. Oh, and that was one of them. You didn't know what you bought your ticket. You didn't know what it was. You sat down, they rolled the film and that was it. And then you enjoy oh. And nice. it was really cool. And it was just like, I don't know what the fuck we're seeing here. And the you know, flicker comes <laughs> up and you're just like, oh, shit, we're going to see Texas Chainsaw 2. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, but they also did that with movies that I uh, also reviewed a little bit later. Uh, Demons and Anguish. Definitely recommend both of those. And the cool thing about having those as secret 35 millimeter is that those movies both are uh, involved with being trapped inside of a movie theater. So yes. to see that on a movie theater screen, super dope. Uh, I also talked about what you got to see on the big screen, uh, The Craft and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Saw that in a double feature over Ayersley Grand. It's as 90s as you can fucking get. Uh, <laughs> I do a quick uh, recap on all of the Scream movies. Uh, and, you know, and I, I love those films. I don't care. Uh, and also uh, The Prowler, which is really just kind of like a crummier version of um uh my bloody valentine but with tom savini doing all the gore effects which are like way over the top and pretty good yeah I love, yeah that's that's another one of those those movies that you real as you know story line wise and everything that just you know it's just cliche by the numbers but because of savini's involvement it just pushes it 
Yeah, it's like it's it's not a bad movie. It's like it's a lot of it's a lot of fun. It's 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 stupid, but again, it's it's like the My Bloody Valentine, which let's be frank, that's not a great movie, but it's it's fun for what it is. Both of them actually. Oh yeah, and I actually like the remake actually a whole lot. (laughs) Oh, the My My Bloody Valentine remake. Yeah, and get to when I saw it in 3D and everything, that was pretty great. So you know, I I actually missed out on that. Unfortunately, I mean, I saw I've seen the remake since, but I know I didn't get to see it in theaters when it was in 3D, and I'm kicking myself for not. Oh, it was for not having seen it. Yeah, super good. Uh, let's see the other couple things. Like I said, I, uh, I, I jumped through all the saw movies. I did uh, again. I reviewed all seven saw movies in five minutes. What do you want? And, uh, and the last one that I just, uh, dropped today was, uh, the Blair witch project, which I think is an, an underrated film. It's, uh, I think it gets a, I, you, you're a little older than I am. So I'm sure that you remember, cause I was like 16, 17 when that flick came out. I think okay. it was like 17. Yeah. yeah I was, a. Uh... Loader, yeah, because I was, and so you've had a you had a little bit more perspective on it, and I'm sure you could easily you could read other people better than I could. What what was, what was the prevailing thought when when that was out? Because I I don't remember as well, but I I remember a lot of people just going like, either like going, oh, it was great, or there was no in the middle. It was like, oh, that was a piece of shit. It was terrible. Nothing happens. Or no, that was scary as hell. Yeah, in a way, it kind of. I mean, two total. Well. I was, I was gonna say two totally different movies, but there's a similarity. Is The Witch and The Blair Witch Project? So when The Witch came out here recent, more recently, mm-hmm. it had that polarizing effect of I loved it, my fiance loved it, everybody that I talked to that I that knows movies and everything loved it. On the other half, then you have the other people that were like, I thought it was overinflated, or I, I didn't get that, I didn't like that there was that they spoke in old English and I couldn't really understand it that well, or. It was kind of polarizing, you know. You had yeah. love it or hate it, pretty much. So I, I think when that movie came out, it was like like that too, love or hate. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and honestly, I I felt both ways about it. <laughs> like, there's a lot of that movie I really really like, and I thought they did a really really great job on. Uh, there's another part that just goes like, all this director is doing is jacking off, <laughs> and I'm like, <laughs> if if that's what I want to watch, fine. But like. Eh. I, I felt with it wasn't like I don't feel like with that the same way I do about the heavy handedness of, of Rob Zombie's work, of which I've talked about with people right. uh, quite yeah. recently. And I, I remember um, I'll share this. There was a um, at Dragon Con this year, uh, Matt and I did a panel talk and uh, another I, I forget his name. Big apologies on that. Uh, but we did a we did a panel for the film track all about like uh horror directors today and everything kind of oh. the auteur direct horror director of you know the 21st century and stuff like that and rob zombie was brought up and i i go oh let me get on this because i was on the rob zombie train for a bit i was yeah. and then really and well and it kind of go, it turned buckles right on over into our uh <laughs> our topic today uh when he did <laughs> halloween i was like what the fuck is this this isn't very good <laughs> But the the one that got me the most, and and I could I could forgive a lot of the dumb shit in the first Halloween movie. Like it's a little, it's kind of disposable, but it's like to me, it's like like uh, picking up a what if comic. And you're like, oh, okay, oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. I, I I see that. I mean, it, it ain't it ain't what happened, but I, I you know, it's a fun little story that you told there. And then come the second one, and I told people, and I told this to this panel, I go. I knew I hated that movie from the first frame. That's right, the first frame. Yeah. 
That's when they have the white text on black background talking about the symbolism of a white horse. And I knew at that moment Rob Zombie's head was so far up his own ass if he farted he would braid his own hair. <laughs> That's how fucking up his own and I, like and I everything that I see from him afterwards is just him just just waving his dick at us for some reason. I don't know what's wrong with him. It feels like he's just trying way too hard for everything. I see a old uh, fucking what's uh, which is or, uh, the the Salem witch one. What was that one called? Lords of Salem. Lords of Salem. Lords of Salem. Yeah, it's like there's a couple neat ideas in there, and I get it. You like Italian giallos? Good for you. Uh, it's, you're not doing anything interesting to me. And then uh, you know, if you watch the first thirty, you know, first two minutes of thirty one. Uh, you're gonna be oh, like, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, Tarantino would like uh, his his hack ass script back uh, that you tried to pull there. It's it's, it's horrible. I, I can't stand Rob Zombie anymore. Uh, he's all, until he until he delivers something good again. I I ain't uh, you know. Mm. I got William yeah, Forsythe and he can I'm, curse. I'm like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's just. But what what yeah, have you I, been watching? I didn't really uh, care too much for 31 either. I, I mean, I saw that one not too long ago, and yeah, it's. You know, it's just, it's just dialing it in now. I mean, yeah, it's, it's not so hot. Oh, so I want to talk about one thing and I'll throw it over to you and we can talk about some of the stuff you've been watching. Uh, I just recently in the theaters and I say this because I don't think you'll be able to do it very long because it's not performing well. And I think it's not performing well because it wasn't, uh, promoted very well is, uh, the sisters brothers. Uh, this is the new one starring, uh, Joaquin Phoenix and John C. Riley. It is a Western and, uh, it is, um, it's it's not a comedy. <laughs> That's and and I honestly, when you watch the trailer, you're just like, oh well, there's probably some there's probably some laughs in this. John C. Riley's always funny. Joaquin Phoenix can play funny if he needs to. He's he's good at that kind of stuff. And no, it's not. It's not. It's not a funny movie. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a straight up western with John C. Riley, Joaquin Phoenix, Jake Gyllenhaal, and Riz Ahmed. Uh, Directed by Jacques Alulard. I don't know how to fucking say that cat's name. Uh, he, did, he did a couple other films I have not fucking seen. So I can't tell you about it. Those are where he's <laughs> where he's coming from. Uh, but it's okay. It's an okay film. I think for a Western, it does something that I don't see uh, any other real Westerns doing. And that is um, a, lot of, a lot of the West is about going out, making your way, being your own, you know, being your own man and doing things that, you know, making a life for yourself, right? And, of course, there's a lot of hijinks and stuff one could get up to in the Old West. Uh, but ultimately, this movie is about men who are lost. Men who are lost don't know where to go. And honestly, in, in like, like in a way where a lot of Westerns back in, you know, the 70s and stuff were about things that were not just the Western, you know. Uh, I think this movie is also kind of about that as well as of just the, um, we're all kind of meant to be, you know, these you know, masculine beings and stuff like that. And maybe we, maybe we don't need all of that. It's like, it goes very much against what you would think Westerns would do. Uh, it's not a great movie, but it's an interesting movie. It will not be in theaters for very long. It did not do any business. So, um, I can't say that I highly recommend it, but if you do want to see that in theaters, uh, yeah, bets to do it quick because it's going to be gone. 
All right. So what do you got? What do, what do, what have you been watching? I know Halloween, uh, the month of October is always uh, quite a busy one for you. You're busy watching. The, this is honestly, this is more or less your life, anyways, right? <laughs> I know. It's like sometimes I feel like oh, well, it's no different. It's just. Whenever October comes around, it's always great. Yeah, it's anyway, just like there's a little extra patina on on it just yeah, for these 31 yeah. days, but it's like yeah. this all the other days too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, it doesn't get better. I mean, horror has been. I mean, now of course I watch all kind of other stuff too, but horror has just been the primary yeah. drive for me movie wise since probably. I mean, since being like going from just a say a casual horror fan to somebody who knows who directors are yeah. composers are all that that would have been probably 1980 late 85 early 86 i'd say okay and pretty much since then it's just built <laughs> oh yeah so it's, and uh, man there's some pictures you got some pictures man you you cats have not even seen some stuff there's pictures pictures with you and sam Raimi both looking like you're 12 uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. like you yeah, both yeah, like, like it looks like you both just got out of like middle school lunch <laughs> together and i'm just like <laughs> yeah. that's the <laughs> I'll be damned that I mean, you know, no, and you look in the face, it's like, what's well, clearly him. But man, oh man, yep. children. <laughs> and I got that nineties feathered hair back, you know. Oh yeah. Man, that was so so what what's kind of stuck out for you this year? When you were t- oh, go ahead again. Sorry about that, Adam. So what's what's kind of stuck out for you this year? This year, as far as anything that's come out recently this year or just or, what or I've been just watching. What's been so watching, far? yeah. Uh, let's see. Well, most reason. Well, I already mentioned about when I was at the Myers house, we watched another screening of I Know What You Did Last Summer. It had been a while, actually, since I'd seen that movie and actually liked it better this time around than the first time I'd seen it because it's not horrible, that, that flick. I mean, it's no, like no. it's it's 90, it's it's PG 13, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. But I believe it is, right? I, I think so. It's it like was, it's like PG 13, 90 sort of yeah. stuff. I mean, it's hot on the heels of Scream and everything. Yeah. Uh, you know, and there were a lot of that stuff. With, what was it like? Urban Legends. There was that. Urban there was, Legends. Uh, yeah. Uh, like uh, what? What was it? Uh, Dane. Uh, what were the ones? Oh, fuck me. I, there's a lot of the ones where he's uh, just like, uh, here's a uh, here's Reese Witherspoon <laughs> and fucking uh, you know Nev Campbell and. <laughs> Ryan Phillippe and all that kind of shit. Just all like <laughs> yeah. all those '90s actors, you know. Yeah, I know. I really wasn't too into them at that time because you know, coming from the old school horror and stuff, when those started coming around, following Scream, that whole glut of movies that was coming out, I wasn't too keen on it at that well, time. They're, yeah, comparatively, they're corny as fuck. Yeah, <laughs> true. And I mean, they were just kind of riding the, the you know the Scream coattails there for a little bit. Yeah, and, and I'll be uh, honest, I, I think really the the thing that kind of brought me over, because I always thought of horror as just a very, you know, disposable, throwaway, who gives a shit kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, and, and I don't think I really knew much about it. And then when the Scream flicks came along, it was just like, oh, everybody's very cognizant of what goes on in these films. <laughs> it's not, it's not stupid these these people are a lot smarter than you're giving them credit for they know what they know what they're doing you can't you're looking at them going like i can't believe you do this and they're like yeah we did that on purpose like oh (laughs) oh okay and that like those movies they made me kind of like rework my identity up for what i thought you know horror movies could should be you know so i always thought that's a, a helpful time for sure I mean, you've got you're always going to have the cliches, and and there's nothing particularly wrong with that. I mean, sometimes you get tired of them. I mean, just your typical slasher cliches or whatever. But 
And then you get some of that. You got the complete other end of the spectrum, which is like highbrow horror. Oh yeah, this the stuff that and takes itself far too seriously, and like, and and honestly, that's one of the things that I'm sort of afraid about this uh, uh, this new Suspiria remake. Is I'm afraid this might get too, you know, like ooh, one of those. I, right, I don't right. need that. <laughs> Just make it cool. And, <laughs> but I'll be honest with you, uh, and I've got a lot of. Uh, because I can't, I think I came to horror a lot later than most other people. I have a lot of, uh, we'll call them uh, polarizing opinions with some uh, major horror fans. Because uh, I'll just go like, <laughs> and I, and I completely understand. We, we've talked about this on the show uh, many many times. Is that we all see movies at a particular time, and it really cements you know where we were in our lives at that particular moment. So. Right. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of movies out there, and I know that I've got them too. Movies that are not good movies. I'm sorry, they aren't good movies, but you like them because of when you saw them, what it reminds you of, and all that kind of good stuff. And that's and that's awesome. That's great to have. But you know, you gotta go. That Dick Tracy movie's not good. <laughs> Matt will fight me on this, but that movie's not good. You know what I mean? There's some movies that just are not. And and, and I'll be honest with you. I don't think Suspiria is very good. I've only seen it once, but I thought the first Suspiria kind of sucked. So, and I'm going to watch it again because it's on the big screen here next week. So I'm going to watch it again, you know, much on a much bigger screen. I can't go anywhere. So, you know, I'll really give myself over to it. You know, whole hog here. Uh, <laughs> so I'll try again. But man, the first and only time I've seen Suspiria, I'm like, I don't know what the fuck people are talking about. This wasn't that good. <laughs> Yeah, I think that kind of comes from. It looks that. cool. Like, it's I got saw, like a lot of, you know, it's visually a very striking movie. No doubt about that. And I don't think anyone could argue that. Yeah, and the soundtrack, the Goblin soundtrack, yeah, is, uh, I think, cool. what, and what cements it in people's heads so much, too, is that that soundtrack just perfectly fits with the cinematography and, every, and the scenes in that movie. Yeah, I like, mean, so well. I, I, listen, I, I credit where credit's due. Uh, it, it looks good. It sounds good. I just don't know if there's a good movie there. But again, I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try it again, and uh, I'll I'll try with the with the remake here as well, and keep an open mind with that because, and I tell people this too. I, I like again sacrilege amongst the uh, the horror community. I like the remake of Dawn of the Dead better than the original. <laughs> I know people don't like hearing that. <laughs> How dare that. you? No. <laughs> I know people don't like hearing it, and I'm just like, I, and I don't think, and I've got, listen, I own Dawn of the Dead in many formats in many different ways, probably not as much as, as you, mind you, but, you know, I've got a couple. I've spent some bread. Yeah. Uh, so it's not that I don't like it. It's just I think the other one does a more succinct job in a better time and is not overly bloated as are most of George Romero's uh for their career past night of living dead come at me the film find at gmail.com all right what else <laughs> i've been taking up time <laughs> oh no no i would have to say though because uh it like you said it's it all depends on when you saw them and what they mean to you at that point in time and everything so mm -hmm. but the dawn of the dead was the movie that and we might have even discussed this even but wait as far back as the vhs show but uh because that was the one that just me and my cousin rented Dawn of the Dead and this Italian horror movie called uh, Buried Alive. I think the Italian name was Buio Omega or Blue Omega, mm -hmm. which is this really outrageous uh, Italian gore film, basically. So we saw we rented those two and then Dawn of the Dead just well, both of those movies pretty much set me on the path to like horror obsession, pretty much. But, mm -hmm. but the original Dawn of the Dead has become is pretty much my favorite movie. 
So that one is, but it's because of when I saw it, that time period and everything. It's just, you know, I watched it probably, I don't know how many times, countless times. So. But yeah, that's. Do you have a, do I you have a, one of the many, the one of the many different cuts? Do you have a particular cut favorite? E, well, and this is the thing too, going back to those VHS days. At that time I had, there was only the theatrical cut that was on yeah. Thorn Emmy, I think, video. I had that one back then. And then when I've discovered tape trading amongst not just not audio cassette, well, that too, but video cassette trading mm-hmm. of bootleg Japanese laser discs and things where you could find that you couldn't get the uncut versions in America because of, you know, guys cutting up and making an R rating to get in the theaters and stuff like that. And then they yeah. would end up putting that R rated cut on tape instead of the unrated one, too. So if you wanted to get the uncut stuff, you had to find somebody who was basically selling. Uh, Japanese bootleg VHSs of the uncut versions that they released over there. And who amongst us isn't, you know, looking at a guy selling that out of his trunk of his car? <laughs> yeah, they, that was when I went to that uh, convention in in uh, L.A., the Weekend of Horrors in 92, is when I kind of discovered that world of tape trading and, like, getting catalogs and things like that. And, I mean, I amassed a huge collection of, at that time, you really didn't get widescreen movies that much because, I mean, we're talking yeah. about... I mean, they were just started coming out. Laserdisc, I had Laserdisc player too, and that was about the only place you would see widescreen cuts of things. It was on Laserdisc. So. Hey, man, Laserdisc was that great forebearer that, like, you know, while it never really took off, it, it, its place for what it started was very important. I mean, I think without right. Laserdisc, you would not have gotten DVD and everything, you yeah. know, home theater and there. all that stuff. You know, oh yeah. I think they were a big thing of that, even though they never got to the real, you know, market saturation of something like a, a VHS or what would eventually be DVD. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I Laserdisc was kind of select. You know, you knew you were a movie fan if you had Laserdisc or you had Laserdisc player. I mean, you and other people that had Laserdisc players, you knew they were huge movie buffs. I mean, yeah, that was something that, like I always, I always wanted a Laserdisc. We never, we never really got one. Uh, but I will say this: we were. Like me and a buddy of mine, we were like the first two people like in high school or whatever, because it was was like our senior year in high school. And we were like the first people to get uh, DVD players. So like we go to each other's houses and stuff and just like, like, hey, look at this. Look at this. I I got face off. (laughs) You know? And a friend of mine, he like he couldn't understand what was wrong with his DVD player because and again, this is like early DVD players here. Uh Hmm. If you'll remember, you would get to the almost midpoint of the movie usually, and they'd kind of change layers on the disc. So there'd be like a slight little hitch, very akin to the oh, yeah. you know real yeah. change back in the day uh, of yeah. film even. But his yeah. DVD player would get to the point where it would go to switch to the next uh, to next layer and never would. <laughs> I never switched. <laughs> so he would only, like, all of his movies were like half a movie because a stupid blue DVD player wouldn't play the whole thing. He'd get to the point and be like, I don't know what to do after this. <laughs> so he's only seen half a movie. So you start discussing a certain movie. So I, I don't know. I haven't gotten whoa, that Whoa, 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 yet. slow down. I, I ain't hit that bit yet. <laughs> and that's back when, you know, you were paying like, you know, 200 plus dollars for one. And like, and that was a cheap okay. one. <laughs> yeah, that was the one yep. that's just like, oh wow, what what a, what a bargain basement deal for two hundred dollars. <laughs> you must have gotten a real shit one, uh, but yeah, it happens. It definitely does. Yeah. 
All right. My first DVD player even was in a, it was a computer. It was in it was the DVD ROM drive <laughs> of the computer. So I was sitting there watching it on, and I'm not talking about like a big nice computer screen. I just mean the basic little you know, 15 whatever inch yeah big tube size monitor you know from 1998 or so whenever you know, I think we got that computer that had happened to have it. It was high end then because it had the DVD ROM drive in it. <laughs> yeah, I, I got I got really snooty real quick once once DVD came out and everything was there. I was just like, all right, that's it. Everything's got to be in widescreen. I'm getting surround sound. <laughs> I'm like, I went in full bore, man. And honestly, I think as as much as I liked movies beforehand, I really think like DVD and like the supplemental material and everything. I honestly think that's what really cemented my like you know uh, obsession with movies i already liked and loved movies beforehand but that just it like it brought it to a new level never really seen before then and uh and especially you know when you're like one of two people in town that you know that has a dvd player it kind (laughs) of becomes a punk rock thing too it's just like oh Oh, what what are you on vhs over there oh come on Here's the thing. Come over and watch the Matrix in widescreen, and like you know, people's minds get fucking blown. It's great. Oh yeah, yeah. Whenever that first hit, like we already discussed, you already know my love of VHS. That, but it wasn't something I came to knew. It was something from the past that I just never, you know, stopped buying and all this stuff. But doesn't mean that I didn't buy a DVD when it came out. So whenever DVD started coming out, as a huge horror fan, you had these companies. I think it was Anchor Bay was probably the first. Horror, our first company that dealt with a lot of horror releases. And the reason for that is because William Lustig was over their distribution department for the horror movies. And William Lustig is the director of the 1980 Maniac movie. Mm-hmm. The one that, you know, and then Maniac Cops and all those stuff. So I think he was the main reason why they were getting all these titles. So he had like all these Argento movies and Fulci movies and obscure giallos that you never, that never even got put on VHS were getting released on DVD. So it was an awesome time for being a horror fan. When DVD first did, too. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. And something that obviously you can't take away from the VHS days is there's so many things that never got a release to DVD, much less Blu-ray or a digital, for heaven's sake. Oh, yeah. So, and, you know, there's still just a ton of that stuff out because there was such a glut. Uh, but, again, that's part of what my friend's documentary talks about, I think. So he hasn't let, mm. me, he hasn't let me see a copy of it. Yeah, I'm just, no, I'm, <laughs> not that I'm, you know, just, no, no. just saying. All right, so uh, we're here today to do a big giant review here of the new Halloween movie. And I say new Halloween movie because it also is titled Halloween. Is it a reboot? No. Is it a remake? No. Is it a sequel? Yeah, kind of, pretty much, I guess. Uh, And it usurps some other things. But you know what we ought to do? We ought to go ahead and listen to the trailer. Here is the trailer for Halloween. Testing one, two, three. We're on... We're here to investigate a patient that killed three innocent teenagers on a Halloween in 1978. He was shot by his own psychiatrist and taken into custody that night. And has spent the last 40 years in captivity. Hello, Michael. I have something you might like to see. turns into a nutcase this time of year. Yeah, I mean, your grandmother is Laurie Strode. She was almost murdered. Wasn't it her brother who murdered all those babysitters? No, it was not her brother. That's something that people made up. 
you know that I pray every night that he would escape. Who the hell did you do that for? So I can kill him. Dad, look out! The bus crashed. Mom, what bus crashed? Michael escaped. Excuse me, somebody's in here. Hello? for this night. He's waited for me. I've waited for him. Get out the wall! Get inside! You don't believe in the boogeyman? He's here! Michael! You should. Can you close the closet door? That was the trailer for Halloween from 2018. Uh, here's the IMDb plot line. As we know, IMDb always 100% correct in everything they say and or do. Laurie Strode comes to her final confrontation with Michael Myers, the masked figure who has haunted her since she narrowly escaped her killing spree on Halloween night four decades ago. This is directed by David Gordon Green, written by David Gordon Green, and get this, Danny McBride, <laughs> as well as uh, Jeff. Uh, Fredly, uh, based, of course, of, on the characters from John Carpenter and Deborah Hill. Uh, John Carpenter and uh, Jamie Lee Curtis are actually executive producers on this bad boy. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis had the most input from what I'm to what I'm to understand. This is, of course, starring Jamie Lee Curtis, Judy Greer. Andy Metric, I guess that's how you say your name. Uh, Nick Castle, original uh, original shape is back, everybody. Uh, Will Patton, uh, where are the couple other big names in IMDb does everything a little bit weird. Anywho, uh, and the kid that I will call the standout kid of all of this movie, Jabril Natamabu. It's the little black kid, and I can't, there ain't nobody that don't love that kid in this flick. Anyways. <laughs> Let's talk about this. Uh, Smoke, my guess is you've probably seen Carpenter's original Halloween 168 times. Would I be close in that assumption? That's probably a conservative estimate. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I, I'm a big fan I mean, as well. Uh, I've, I've always kind of, you know, I don't think that you can really watch that and not enjoy. I don't know who would hate that movie. The original Halloween? Yeah. Yeah, believe it or not, I've seen some. I, I won't call anybody out, but uh, I've seen <laughs> some people here and there, like on Instagram or whatever, who who don't like the original and would actually prefer Rob Zombies to the original for some. Well, you know, hey, but, look, man, you know, mental disability is something that we don't <laughs> want to make fun of because yeah. some people like they can't help it. They can't help it. You just, you know, you're born that way. And you know, we, we try to give you all kinds of medication and some, things just don't work out. I, I get it. It's, true. it's sad, but these are sometimes you have to live that life. 
<laughs> now, yeah, I don't know. It's a delusion of some sort, I guess. But Now, this Halloween takes place right after, and as you kind of heard there in the trailer, they've really erased everything past the first Halloween. They said everything that was once here is now gone. And let's be frank, is that not a little bit convoluted for all the things that were done in the past? If Me, and I'll get your opinion on this, uh, I, I like I like this just being a direct sequel to the first one and kind of really throwing the other ones out because why would why why would we need those? <laughs> you tell me, <laughs> convince me. I have, and I'm gonna be I'm gonna be honest here. I haven't seen the sequels. I haven't. I, I I've like and part of me wanted to this Halloween and everything, but for some reason, and I don't know why this is. Shutter's got the first one. The four, uh, the third one, fourth one, and what, and so on, but it doesn't have the second one. I'm like, what the hell? <laughs> Trying to, yeah, I, I, I don't get it. I don't know it. why they would uh, skip over. I mean, really, I don't really don't know why they would skip. Well, as far as unless it has something to do with the rights to it, it's, it's got to be got to be rights but, or something. Somebody over, you know, yeah. Anchor Bay or somebody's just like, we still own the rights to <laughs> that, so you can have it. <laughs> and everybody else is like, I'll, I'll take a nickel. <laughs> yes. Yeah, all right. Put on your stream and thing. I don't care. People fucking seen this a thousand times. They ain't gonna watch. It. They all fucking own it. Bunch of weirdos. You know, y'all know horror fans. Uh, <laughs> but do, what what did you think about kind of really exercising uh all, everything from you know uh sequels to the original? Uh, I'll, well, I guess I'll first talk a little bit about the sequels. I mean, I have seen all the sequels and uh enjoyed. At least part two, I think, is I like part. I mean, I don't say I like it as much as part one, but it's it's up. It's probably my second favorite sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, like the third Halloween sequel, as far as the sequels go, it's actually my favorite of the sequels, and it doesn't even have Michael Myers in it. I was going to say that was your that was the the real <laughs> departure from everything, and like they almost wanted to, from what I understand, kind of make it. Uh, the the Halloween series, if you will, more kind of anthology esque of like, hey, it's just it's the Halloween. Here's a new thing, you know. Yeah, no, that was I know Carpenter's original idea was that at the end of part two, and I don't know if you, I know you said you haven't seen the sequels. I don't know if you want me to give you any spoilers. I, I, know, I know enough about them all because I've, <laughs> I've I've heard enough people talk about them. Okay. So spoilers, everybody. Yeah. So well, well, it's not really a spoiler because you know he dies at the end of part two, but mm-hmm. is he really dead? No. Carpenter wanted them to die. And he, that's why he made part three after the end of part two. He's like, I'm done with Michael Myers, but I'm not done with Halloween. What I want to do is put this Halloween three season of the witch out. It has nothing to do with Michael Myers, but it has everything to do with the season of Halloween. And every year after that, I want to put out another Halloween movie, not related to Michael Myers, but just related to the essence of Halloween. Mm-hmm. Well, Halloween three came out. Nobody went to see it. Apparently that idea went, but boom, you know, producers like bring Michael Myers back. We need him for part four. So it's whole idea of, an ongoing Halloween-themed, you know, around the holiday idea just got kind of pushed out. So, Whoops! Just dropped that but, by the wayside. Who cares? I actually would have loved to have seen that. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen, like, a Halloween, you know, horror-related movie every year, regardless of whether it was, you know, had anything to do with Michael Myers or not. So Yeah, it would have been interesting. But, but, you know, going back to the idea of, like, forgetting all the sequels... Just you know, having it take place four years after the first movie, I was actually behind that. Uh, I think that's a good thing because some of the plot devices and everything that was that went on in the sequels kind of got a little bit out there. You know, well, the main one too being that, and you know, that Jamie Lee Curtis and Michael Myers are brother and sister. Yeah, that's a little. So that, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was in, you know, that was in the sequels. But of course, and they, you know, they mentioned that in this movie that there's that nod to that where I thought they were brother and sister. Like, no, that was just a you know rumor or whatever. They actually mentioned that in the movie. You know, the characters. Now, yeah, yeah, they're just kind of walking and stuff just where they look like blow up that little pumpkin head, I think. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Now, uh, so I actually when I saw the new one here, I'll be honest with you, I saw it like Thursday night and Mm. I didn't really know what to think. I walked out of it going, I didn't hate that movie, but I don't know if I really liked it. Uh, There were a lot of going further. I want to mm-hmm. say that's, that's exactly the way I felt about it, too, pretty much. And I've only seen it. I've seen it once. Yeah. And that's how I felt. I went into it completely unbiased, didn't read any reviews, anything about it. Mm-hmm. Same. Didn't want to be swayed one way or the other. And I didn't even I, really I, watch I, much I, of the trailers because, like, I would get, like, through, like, maybe 15 <laughs> seconds of a trailer and just go, like, I'm sold, close my eyes, and just let it play out because I'm like, I, I don't want to see this. I don't want to know anything. <laughs> and it held. It was good. Yeah, yeah, it was. I uh, when the credits rolled, I was like, I don't know. I mean, I wanted to, I, I wanted to have no expectations. But let's face it, there's no way you can go to this movie with no expectations because I mean, you're gonna Carpenter's have something. There, like, yeah, it's, it's gonna be there. I mean, it, it souls back as Michael Myers. All these things, you know, Jamie Lee Curtis again. And all these things are there for it to have this potential to be great, and you want it to be. But I tried to go in with no expectations, and some of the some of the things were met, but some weren't. So I kind of was like. Same way, like you were saying, I, I, I liked it, but I didn't love it. You know? All so, right. But so, I think I need to. Yeah. So let me oh. do this. I'm going to sell you on A, why you should see it again, and B, because after I saw it the second time, I actually went to go see it uh, in uh, Dolby Cinema. So get to oh, see okay. with HDR and all that kind of good stuff. I've still yet to be to one of, in any Atmos screening that I've ever been to, I've still yet to be like, oh, I really feel that sound coming from, uh, uh, you know, up top. I want I want it to be great. I've never had that experience yet. Uh, but I went to see it again, and this time, I think with the second viewing, I was like, okay, I have a good idea of what kind of goes on here. I know what's up. Let's just see how I feel. And I liked it a lot more the second time because I every notion was gone away, and I just was was left with. Let's watch this. Let's take it for its merits. See what it is. And honestly, I think it's pretty darn good. It opens up fantastically with these podcasters who are just, you know, first of all, I will say this as a as a longtime podcaster. What the fuck are these people doing? First of all, I have that exact same Tascam portable recorder. If you don't have a windscreen on that, because I know because I don't have a windscreen for mine, it's going to sound like shit. There's going to be like even just the that's going to sound like a tidal wave because that thing cannot take wind whatsoever. And they're just they're driving in the car recording. They're standing out and stuff, just holding it and whatever. It's terrible. You're going to have horrible audio with that. Those record like those little microphones, they're not great to begin with. And then when you add like a whole bunch of wind and other shit around that, that podcast they're making is going to be absolutely unlistenable. Horrid. Just get it out of there. It doesn't need to belong. But I I like the conceit. They're basically, you know, kind of doing their own version of cereal, which I think is also a very uh, interesting 
commentary on a lot of these things, such as like serial, like you're making a murderer and things of that nature, where in a strange sense, we are basking in the wild macabre of the real, right? We're we're trotting around in the in like in real time, like in our real lives right now, of like crazy psychotic killers. There are television shows out there that are basically devoted to this sort of stuff. And uh it, it was an interesting commentary on where we are and like and this guy that you see during during the uh during the uh, cold open for the movie and everything is kind of a fucking dick. Like <laughs> Michael Myers supposedly has he got he got caught after the fateful night with the in the first movie and everything. They brought him to the asylum and he has not said a word in 40 years. And so this guy comes and he decides that he's going to tempt Michael or tease him to try to get some sort of reaction out of him. And it's it's kind of wrong, really. <laughs> You're really <laughs> messing with somebody who for all intents and purposes, we all know he's, you know, evil and bad and everything. But let's just let's call it what it is. He's probably mentally deficient in some way. And you're like and the and and then the doctor there's just like no, you go ahead. Go ahead and do that, fam. Fucking try to get him. <laughs> try to get him. See what happens. I'm like, how stupid are you? And then, but, you know, those guys get tracked down and and they get killed. But, like, and here's the thing. I will say this. This movie does a weird thing because a lot of the kills are, are on screen. Some are graphic. Some aren't quite as graphic. Some kills happen completely off screen and you never, you know, you may see the aftermath of them. But I think it kind of works. And and some of the stuff, some of the gore stuff that is in there works pretty darn well. I mean, there's a, you know, spoiler alert for everything here, guys. I'm, I'm going to be uh, not too much, but just enough. Uh, but I think some of these people need to, because I've, I've talked to some of our fans here, uh, Smoke, and some of them are just like, if I don't know what's in this movie, I don't, you know. <laughs> they get a little bit wary. Or they just oh, yeah. go like... Oh, I didn't think I was going to go in and see that. There's a, there's a head that stomped in here that is the most uh, graphic. And, like, it, it's fairly... They don't linger on it too, too much, right? Uh, no, I don't think they... I don't think they... Uh, I think it's there. The gore is there. And it, I think it it's the type of gore that will please a fan of horror. Yeah, but you just... But not, it is like a, whoa, all right. <laughs> like, yeah. that is so above and beyond anything, like, a regular human could do. Like, you could mess yeah. somebody up, but you're not messing them up like Gallagher. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, not quite the same sort of, uh, of deal. But what I liked about this is it kind of... And, and you tell me if this is different. Like, in the sequels and stuff and all this thing, do we always kind of and there's a bit of this with Loomis in the first one really get down to what is mentally what what's going on in Michael Myers head and of course Rob Zombie's movie attempted to whatever just make that fucking horrible uh like here's this backstory <laughs> yes. ugh just see that's the ugh. whole thing too with Rob um I can I can get that I'm not necessarily get behind I can I can enjoy Rob Zombie's movie as a Watching somebody who is a fan of horror movies being Rob Zombie making a horror movie for fans of horror, I can enjoy certain parts of it for that, but I don't think that it was a good necessarily interpretation of Halloween or of Michael Byers. Like having that backstory 
you don't really need the backstory because what Michael Myers originally is, at least as far as what John Carpenter created, is the boogeyman. I mean, he's a quintessential boogeyman. He's not supposed to have a backstory necessarily. He's just supposed to be emotionless. Yeah, I mean, and Loomis says it himself, one of those greatest, one of the greatest lines in the original was just like, I looked into his eyes and I saw pure evil or whatever. It's really, really good. And this movie, I think, does the very right thing and treats Michael Myers like a shark. You know? He's just swimming. He's swimming along, and when he sees something that he knows that he could easily take advantage of, i.e. kill, he goes and he does it with zero emotions and then just (laughs) slides on into the next one. The only one that, obviously, he seems to have a little bit of a thing for would would be Laurie and I yeah, right. plot okay that's <laughs> that's why that's got to happen <laughs> yes we well, and the plot and you never really know why because well going in back into the sequels of the original Halloween movies you know they the reason they it wasn't John Carpenter too it was later whoever the other writers were said we need some kind of other plot device here like let's make them brother and sister so that pushed the story into some other areas yeah so, which doesn't but, make you know, a whole lot of sense because it's just no, like no. did did. Uh, she just, so he just killed the other sister, and what? One was in the room. Is that was that is that that we're is that the bullshit we're going with here, fellas? Okay. Uh, but this, uh, but I thought it was pretty good having um, uh, having uh, Nick Castle there back as the shape is also something I thought was was pretty good. Uh, he of the uh, directing Dennis the Menace fame. That's right, everybody. Oh, yeah. That Dennis the Menace movie for the '90s was directed by the fucking by Michael My- Myers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's something to feast on there. <laughs> so uh, you know, have have some of that. Oh, oh, and also, I'm sorry, I forgot. Also, director of Major Pain. Oh, really? That I didn't know. <laughs> oh, I didn't know he did the Last Starfighter as well. Okay, so he, yeah. Now that I did though, yeah, yeah, the Last Starfighter, yeah. So. uh yeah. Yeah, Dennis and Menace in 93, Major Pain in 95. Very good stuff. <laughs> and Mr. Wrong in 1996 when uh, Ellen was still playing straight roles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, look, so having him be back at it, I also love really just kind of hiding his face so we don't really see anything because, frankly, we don't need to. No. Now, uh, now they, they address it in the movie itself, and I, I, I like this. I thought it was pretty fun that we take this guy and we just go, oh, you're the new Loomis. Straight up, just say the line. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, you don't even need to like connect the dots. They connect it for you. Like, yeah, oh. I'm the new Loomis. <laughs> so you're the new Loomis, huh? All right, well, we, we had to fill that role somehow. Donald Pleasant's been dead for a while, so uh, you're it. But again, <laughs> I thought it was an interesting, an interesting idea enough. He's like, hey, I was a student of his before he passed and everything, and that's become my hmm. sort of uh, deal as well. And of course, we come to find out later, you know, about how unlumous like he is, but still, that's a different. But you know. again, I thought that was like I thought that was a really cool uh, thing, and yet another little. Um, uh, I don't know if this is true, but this is what I'd like to think is that that's also kind of a commentary on you know how we are today with you know idolizing you know celebrity, and that celebrity can oh, yeah. come in good or bad ways. Right. So you know, seeing. Uh, Every time there's like you know shootings and stuff like that, there are copycat people later because for some reason people see that and just go, "Oh, it's like that never occurred to them that they could be you know a horrible fucking person," <laughs> and then they just go and do it. And uh, so, and, and but it's not uncommon. It's not a thing that you know no. doesn't not happen. <laughs> 
And I, I thought that was really good. Another cool little angle uh, with that character and, and everything. And, um, okay, so let's talk about, I, I've heard this one. So, uh, what did, so what did you think about um, having having Jamie Lee Curtis back here 40 years later? I think, well, I think she needed to be there for it to be, to have this, if the, the way they were wanting to do it with the 40-year anniversary. I think she needed to be a part of it for sure. And kind of the way they go about it, though, and the way it was portrayed in the trailer is almost like she's coming back as like Linda Hamilton in Terminator 2 to kick some ass or something. You know? Yeah, and, and a lot of people have really <laughs> compared this movie to Terminator 2 in that exact sense. So uh, you're not alone on that one. <laughs> so, uh, no, I, I'm, I was all for Jamie Lee Curtis coming back. And, yeah, and I, I mean, actually, she's been in how many of them now? I think she's been in actually uh, five... I want to say five, Halloween, like, which yeah. is kind of surprising. You're like, oh, because you really don't think about too many of those other ones. I mean, I know she, of course, the first two movies. And uh, and y'all you know, all and love H2O. Y'all know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Resurrection. And, and oh, actually, and then she, I guess you could say she was in six because she uh, she didn't appear in Halloween 3, but she had a voiceover as like the, was it the person that uh, announced the curfew in the town. Yeah, I guess technically so, it counts. <laughs> so technically six, I guess. But, but anyway, yeah, I thought that it was good to have her back in it. Yeah, I think she still kind of holds the screen and everything. And, and let's be honest, this movie stars her, everybody. <laughs> this movie, yeah. we have a, a movie that's number one at the box office that stars a woman in her 60s. How often does that happen? <laughs> Not very often. So uh, uh, good for you. Uh, so her daughter in the movie is played by Judy Greer, who I love Judy Greer and just fucking everything she does. I think she's fantastic. And uh, she's really great in this one too. And ultimately, all right, so let's, all right, from here on out, we're going to do some major league spoilers here for everything. Uh, so everything is off the table. You've got 10 more seconds to get through all this, but I really want to start talking about this. And talking about maybe some of the underarching tones, see what we think about some things, and get into the you know, get into the real nitty gritty of all this. So spoilers from here on out for everybody. Um, what did what do you think was the overall? Did do you think this movie had like an overall message or something that was trying to get across or anything? Did any of that come to you? Now I've seen it twice, so I've got a little extra, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. baggage behind my thoughts and I've read a co I've read a couple things heard a couple things from some people so I, I've got a couple things jostling around in my mind I want to see how it hit you did you have any overall thoughts of like oh this is what this movie was trying to say or was it just like hey it's an entertainment thing and I like most horror fans it's an entertaining thing and I, I don't really fucking care what it has to quote unquote say <laughs> not well for me overall I think it's sort of a it's just a continuation of, like I was mentioning before, kind of getting back to the idea of Michael Myers being the boogeyman and that he, the boogeyman never does go away. He never dies. Evil never dies. So yeah, he's back 40 years later. And, and I know you've talked about spoilers and stuff. So, and I mean, well, we'll get to the, what probably what happens at the end of this movie, but long story short, you know, you still don't know if the boogeyman's dead or yet, you know, he never does die. So yeah, we get to the credits, and and by the end of the credits, you do hear some some breathing and stuff like that. And honestly, this movie, uh, it comes from Blumhouse. They spent uh, reportedly only ten million dollars on this film. It is over a hundred million dollars worldwide now. Very successful, as most Jason Blum movies tend to be. 
and uh, very much mirroring the original Halloween. Yeah, I think the original one only cost three hundred thousand to make and made very how many millions? That's <laughs> very very true. Uh, and so with that, uh, like it feels like there's part of you that goes like. This could and should be the last one. Might not be, though. <laughs> Might not be. I, you have a chance to close it out. It's like Toy Story. They're fucking it up, man. The end of Toy Story 3, you're just like, oh, my God, you could not have ended this better. How? Wow, what an amazing trip we've all been on. Next summer, Toy Story 4. Fuck. <laughs> I don't want to see. No. No. No, you already did it. You already did it. That's why I'm mad that they're making another Rambo movie. That last Rambo movie's perfect. Yeah, he yeah, finishes absolutely. that out, and the I credits think. roll, and you're just like, "This is a perfect ending to these Rambo flicks." <laughs> He's finally at peace, and they're like, "Nah, one more." Let's <laughs> <laughs> squeeze some more out. Yeah, what a we got you know. two more bucks to get out. Hey, of look, that. I'll watch a Stallone movie. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but you know, you you could have let it lie. Just saying. But there's a lot of talk out there of this movie having. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you've heard any of this. Uh, this movie is a, a, a right-winger's wet dream. <laughs> that's been that's been what I people are saying. That's really, that's not, yeah. Actually, and honestly, I haven't gone. I still haven't gone back to read anything yet because I do want to go see it again, and I still I want to see it again because now the expectations, like I said, I was trying to go in with no expectations. It's impossible to do, but now that I've seen it. Those, those, you know, those expectations are, I don't yeah. have to worry about that anymore. I can go and enjoy it on a different level now. Yeah. And so I, I need to go back and to that. And I think that's what you're going to like about seeing it, seeing it multiple times is they're good characters in this. They're not super, super amazing, but you get to know enough of them. And I'll, I'll give you the best, uh, the best scenario here for, for what David Gordon Green and, and, uh, and Danny McBride are doing for building characters and putting stuff together and then taking that away. And that's from the little blonde girl who's babysitting the little black kid. First of all, the relationship between those two is fantastic. That little kid is just cute as hell. And (laughs) he is just like, he is Webster. He is Arnold from different strokes rolled all into one. And he's fantastic. A little foul mouth Arnold. Uh. Oh, yeah. A little foul mouth Arnold. He's just going, I know what weed is. He's just like, that Alakazam, you smoking weed with him. I'm not stupid. Yeah. <laughs> and then, the, like you said, their rapport, you can tell that, you know, they got the, like, she's babysat from a lot, probably. That they yeah. Had little, you know. They had a little back and forth. It's really good. Yeah. And, and, like, and you, in such a short amount of time, you get to know these two characters. You know their dynamic with each other. And when things start to happen to them, you fucking care. You're like, I don't want that yeah. kid to get killed. I don't want her to get killed. They're both good people. Yeah. But that don't matter to crazy, you know. And the another great part of this, uh, of, of all that, and being able to really let you know that almost anything in this movie can happen, is in the earlier scene when the bus wrecks and everything and Myers gets out for the uh, first time before he heads into town proper and everything, the killing the dad and the kid on the road. Killing that kid was big. He's like, like, what, 12 years old or something like that? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Kills pretty brutally, 
And at that yeah. point, it was just like, wow, fucking anything can happen in this movie. And then we go on, once he's in town proper and starts killing off, uh, you know, a couple of people and stuff, then we hear a baby in the background. I was like, holy yeah. fuck. Are they going to kill a fucking baby in this movie? Wow. Because, and they don't. But, which is good, which is good, but man, they put it in your mind as if it was a possibility. And because we killed that young kid early, it's a possibility that anything can happen. Anyone can go. And most of our character, most of our main characters do go. They're gone. They get killed. The majority of them, or at least, you know, I think the little black kid ran away. I don't know where he went. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. They didn't get back to him, but yeah. I don't, but he so he he was he, just like he pieced out of that whole town. He's just like, bye, yeah, y'all. I'm leaving. Yeah. I think the last thing we heard from him was saying, "Holy shit!" And he just ran away. Yeah. And we ain't never seen that kid again. He was just like, "Look, I'm smart enough to get out of here. I'm the only black person in this movie. I'm gonna die if I don't fucking get out of here now." So he's just like, "I got to go." Uh, I've seen enough horror movies. Seen enough horror to movies to know that I'm the next one if I don't get out of here. Y'all done killed that other kid. I ain't much younger than that kid is. Y'all killed me too. So mm, I'm in they the middle. writing on the wall and took the fuck off. Bye. <laughs> so he left. Uh, but so this movie to me is a lot about, and I I think there's going to be some pieces wrote, wrote about this movie in the last little bit, especially in you know the kind of current times that we are and everything. Because a lot of people are going, uh, this and you could say this, I mean, honestly, even about the first film, is that it's it's kind of, it's almost a Me Too moment. Uh, and there is a bit of that here, for sure. But it's not just at women. It is everybody. He is an equal opportunity killer. It's whatever I, I think, from what I can tell by watching, it's whatever he thinks he can easily get away with. Whatever yeah. he thinks that he can easily just, you know, ram through, and that's a kill, and then moving on to the next thing. That's what he does. He takes advantage of those things. The only time that I don't like is he also plays around a little bit. He kind of plays around a little bit, which I thought, which I always thought was a weird thing, even in the first one with like the goat with the the ghost sheet. Ghost sheet, yeah. And like I, I don't know that it makes a lot of sense for the character to do all that kind of stuff, but you know, I don't know. It could be worse. But a lot of people. Uh, or, or, you know, kind of going into like, oh, this is very much, and, and let's be honest, it, this movie comes from not only Blumhouse, but also is also co-produced by Miramax. And, you know, we all know <laughs> the Miramax uh, story and how that didn't end super well as of recent. And uh, I, I can't not see some of that stuff in here as well. But I think this movie goes to, it, it speaks a lot about, uh, what I'm going to call not victimhood, but survivorhood. Okay. Now, uh, Lori Strode had a, a really bad time <laughs> 40 years ago <laughs> and has dedicated her entire life to be ready if and when Michael gets out so she can murder him and, uh, you know, be completely at peace, s- supposedly. But as we all know in comic books and stuff, you know, once you kill them, it doesn't it doesn't stop there. Ask Frank Castle, uh, you know that kind of stuff. Uh, but she's almost she's so over prepared to the point where you know that's really for the past forty years this has been her life. It really has ruined her life, as as she does point out to these podcasters and everything. 
Uh, the past 40 years have been horrible for her. She's spent her entire life now looking over you know, her shoulder, getting prepared, being ready for if something like that happens again. She also brought her daughter up that way as well. So Judy Greer's character, when she was younger, you know, mom was just like, hey, you've got to be prepared for all this shit. You know, got her through a whole bunch of crazy military style training and stuff like that. So this girl knows how to handle a gun. She can move. Uh, she gets it. But at the same time, too, but when when being uh, confronted with the fact that Michael Myers is back, her character goes, no, we don't have to worry about this. this the world's not a crazy, horrible place that you like to make it out to be, you know. Uh, she's a little bit optimistic, but at the same time too. So like, I, I think ultimately for me, the Judy Greer character is where we all need to be. You know, she's somebody who knows about the past, who has prepared herself in order to be able to confront those things if, and when she needs to, but is also not letting these events control her entire life. So to me, I thought that was a, that was like an important part of this movie is to really show that there are there are different ways with which, you know, one can handle, you know, victimhood and survivorhood as well. Or, or at least that's the, the difference there between someone who defines themselves as a victim v someone who defines themselves as a survivor of. Because that's ultimately like, you know, people that were involved in abusive relationships you know, they're like, well, I'm a victim of domestic abuse. Well, it's better if you say that you're a survivor of domestic abuse. If you're a victim of domestic abuse, you're always going to be a victim of it. But if you're a survivor of it, it means that you're getting through, you're moving on, but you're still keeping vigilant for the things that you need to. And I, I feel that that's where her character really stood and uh, kind of becomes the hero of this, this, this whole thing, really. That's true, yeah. Because, you know, it's and, and I thought it was such a really great little twist of of and this shows you why Judy Kerr is a great actress is that, you know, she's down there and she's just like, I don't know what I, I can't do it. I can't do it. And she's she's goading him in because she's putting on this helpless face of, oh, no, I can't do this. He's like, oh, I've got her now. Walks in, <laughs> goes, gotcha. Boom. And blows him away. It's so fucking good. And again, it just shows that, you know, this character, when called upon, when she needs to, can summon, you know, uh, those experiences and that uh, wealth of knowledge that she has in order to help protect herself and others. And I, I think that's an important message that uh, that everybody uh, needs to get. I don't know if you've got any of these things. It's me just doing like everyone else is and reading wildly more into this than I probably should have. What, 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 what are your thoughts? No, I think, uh, well, it kind of plays also into the victim in horror movies. Like a lot of times you're shown like the women are shown as being helpless victims and that she's, you know, she's acting that way. So to lure him and down there, but a lot of times back in the, in the seventies and eighties movies, they aren't acting that way. They just are portrayed as victims mm -hmm. uh, or as helpless victims and just to be slashed up. Man. So it's kind of a different play on that. At least it's, you know, they're, she's empowering herself and she's able to lure him down there and he, and Mango falls for it completely. Mm -hmm. And so it's a totally different than kind of it. Well, you remember when those movies would come out in the eighties, they kind of had a, uh, got a lot of flack from, 
uh, I guess, like, you know, virgins and stuff. And if you're a virgin, you don't get killed. If you have sex, then you die, you know, type of thing. Mm-hmm. And Halloween, I think, was the first movie that was kind of criticized for that, even though I know Carpenter said that that's not what it was about at all. Yeah, he, he was more like teenagers and, and, not, and not paying attention. Yeah. Like that was three fourths of from from what I remember, like uh, Carpenter commentaries and stuff. He's just like, these weren't people that were paying attention. That's the problem. It's not right. that they were having sex or anything. It's that they didn't have their eye on the ball. They weren't cognizant of things that were going down. They were busy having fun, which which isn't to say that those things aren't related. Mm-hmm. But yeah. it was it was less about you know punishing the guilty as it were, and more like, hey, how about have your head on a swivel <laughs> just in case. <laughs> Well, yeah, because Jamie Lee Curtis's character in that first movie was she wasn't attached to anybody. Like she, she was a babysitter, and she that's what she did. And I mean, she didn't have she didn't have a boyfriend. Like she didn't she wasn't preoccupied, which is what you know happened with exactly with uh, P.J. Souls' character, you know, and, and Michael Myers when he kills her boyfriend, and then he's in the sheet, and, uh, and then he kills her. Is now, let me preoccupied, ask you this, yeah, so. let me ask you this real quick. Just a quick so- sojourn here. Mm-hmm. Why is it me, or do most of the weird cuts now? Uh, frame that scene improperly and like and we don't see boobs in the first one where she's you said, don't like PJ Souls yeah character or whatever oh yeah yeah whenever she like she gonna see anything you like that yeah 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 there's some there's <laughs> yeah. some cuts I've seen in stuff and not that stuff on television that crop it out I'm like what the hell are you doing what's the point of that I want that's the, the yeah, point I of mean, the I'm... scene is 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 that <laughs> Like it's yeah, it literally, that, yeah. it's like the point of the scene is titillation and what it's supposed to do for these two, the 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 girl there and the person she's supposedly talking to. Right. Cut what what a jip off! I was pissed, and that was I, that was one. Oh, speaking of which, when they did like a fathom events years ago, uh, mm-hmm. fuck, this is probably for like the what are we? This is probably for like the thirtieth anniversary of uh, of Halloween, where it's they had, actually, yeah, it was it forty? It, I think forty. Yeah, it's oh, you're talking about back when they yeah, had yeah, that yeah, other the, event? yeah, oh, back okay. when they had this one. Uh, yeah. So it was it was probably thirty. It was yeah, it was probably the thirtieth one because 30th. it was like just before Rob Zombie's Halloween was out, I think. Oh, okay. And uh, I was watching that thing, and they were it was this streaming for a Fathom event, and when they got to that scene, I'm like, where the hell are her boobs at, man? That, that you just cut out the best part. What the hell? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> that, I, thought, I just thought dude, that, that, that was such a rip off. Yeah, it makes me almost think that it was done purposely for the intent of it. Like okay, let's let's take out some of the these exploitation elements that were prevalent and present in the movies in the seventies, and you know, for a safer audience. Now we're going to take that out. And, I, I doesn't make a whole hell of a lot of sense to me. <laughs> uh, no, I mean that's that's the way it was in in the in the seventies and eighties. I mean that exploitation element was there, and yeah, it, how you put it, in. it was supposed to be there, and you shouldn't chop that out, especially if the movie is still being rated R. You know, if you're showing it in an R-rated version, yeah. I think that should be there, so it shouldn't I be tampered with. It. Doesn't make a lot of sense <laughs> to me. Some George yeah. Lucas rewriting right there. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But no, see this new one. I like it again. I, I liked it a lot more the second time that I saw it. Um, I, I don't have that reading on. Uh, it, it's a crazy right, right winger's wet dream. I, I don't have that <laughs> read on it. That's just like, oh, guns solved the answer. Well, in this case, guess what? Guns did. <laughs> guns absolutely solved it yeah. so like you know you're you're not making a good argument here for going against those people because if they didn't have the guns they'd probably be dead 
More oh, than likely. You're not going to discuss anything with Michael Myers. I mean, you're not going to. No, gonna, no, you know. no. You're not sitting down there's like, well, and and you know what? They didn't really, uh, they didn't, no one really wants to study him. No one really, like, they're just saying kill him. I'm like, yeah, they kind of tried. They kind of tried to go through all the stuff. It doesn't really work. His whole thing is he's going to go and kill people. He And that that is his thing. He is just a nameless, so to speak, uh, nameless, faceless killer that just goes on. He is a force of nature. He's not a real human being, as it were, you know? He's the boogeyman. I've seen the boogeyman and he's real. Uh, <laughs> kind of shit. Uh, but it's, I don't know. It, it works for me. And I think with this new Halloween, I think the more times you watch it, the more that you're going to get out of it and have more enjoyment from it. And because here's the thing, you do like all the characters. I, there's not a character in here that you're just like, and even like the, like the annoying friend kid, like he, even he's not horrible. He's all right. You know, he's, he's a, he's a kid that you fucking knew in school. I could tell you that much. <laughs> yeah. Everybody knew that fucking kid. So it's not like it's nothing different, but uh, something I kind of almost wish they would have gone into a little bit more. Because they show it a little bit there at the uh, Halloween dance or whatever the fuck it is. Uh, all the kids with the phones and, you know, taking selfies and stuff like that. I wish we would have oh, maybe yeah. had a little something else in there that kind of leaned into, you know, modern day kids getting killed for not, not paying yeah. attention, you know, looking at their phones and yep. shit. I'd, oh, like yeah, to, yeah. I'd like to have a little bit of that. But at the same time, too, I could almost see them going, you know, will that play in, you know, 40 years when people watched this one? So maybe, and, and maybe it wouldn't. So maybe that was a smarter decision than, than mine. So I, I don't know. But overall, I would definitely recommend this movie. Uh, it, it's made a decent amount of money here at the box office. I think it's going to continue to make some decent money. And uh, I, I hope they don't make another one. And I mean that in the nicest way. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what were your well, overall you kind of closing thoughts here with it? Uh, I think, well, a couple of things. One, there's some, some, I guess, a couple more tidbits of information that came out on the 19th of October, and that was significant for one thing, and that's because that was Michael Myers' birthday. Ah, well, there you go. October 19th, 19-whatever, 50-something, I think, 59 maybe. But that was his birthday, so that's why they, one of the reasons why I think they released it on the 19th. Another thing, though, that had to do with the movie, and this is a little, sort of a plot thing, it is uh, <laughs> who, okay, I, we know the doctor's motives or his ulterior motives for why he wanted Michael out. Mm-hmm. But uh, for him to transfer and all that, you know, there had to be a lot of paperwork involved, I'm sure, for him, for such a whole pro- high-profile patient transfer. Yeah. Who on their right mind would have signed off on transferring Michael Myers on October 30th? Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, there's I mean, a, course, there's a lot movie, of it, there's a lot of things in this movie there, that you're just like, <laughs> okay, that's a like, wild <laughs> plot hole that we can really kind of overlook. It's not that bad, but it is just no, like – that's, that's a good point. one of those things where, you know, you analyze, you overanalyze it, you know, uh, but because if you didn't, if that didn't happen, you wouldn't have a movie. You know? yeah, exa- <laughs> exactly. <of> <laughs> exactly. Or like, you know, with with her like go go gadget house and everything, it's just like, oh, why yeah, not oh, have yeah. all these things down to uh, initially? <laughs> you know, or uh, uh, or uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is following, you know, she follows him to to do the transfer. So she's mm-hmm. there whenever he's getting on the bus. And, you know, that she, if it were if it actually happened that way, as paranoid as she is about Michael, she probably would have followed that bus to make sure it got to. Oh, yeah. I'm, I was kind of shocked she didn't. That's what I kind of yeah. thought she was going to be doing. But no, yeah. she goes and actually like 
traumatizes herself. Yeah. By going like, oh no, I saw him. I'm like, you know how you don't see him? <laughs> Show up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> eh, that's just, just saying. Oh, I want to see him. Why? I mean, I I don't know. It just seems a little. Uh, it seems strange to me. Yeah. yeah. But no, overall, I think uh, my first impression of it wasn't the greatest, I guess, and that's because, like I said, I even even though I didn't read anything about it, I tried to go in with no expectations. Impossible to do. So as I'm sitting there, I was expecting certain things, and I think I was just focused too much on that. I'm like, yeah, just, here's the thing. Not that it's hyped up. I mean, it is hyped up, but I didn't I didn't buy into the hype yet. Yeah. Like I said, I watched the trailer, and that was about it. Yeah, and and the thing is, is that, you know, especially coming on the heels of, you know, 40 years worth of history of yeah. of one of the most popular, you know, horror films out there, uh, there's a lot of expectations, a lot of things to live up to, and, you know, you can try to keep your stuff as low as you can. It's not, it's going to be almost impossible to do. But yeah. I think I think once you get those couple, you know, several other viewings in as well, it's going to be like, you know what? This is a lot better movie than I thought it was. I mean, not that you didn't think it was good, but it's just like now that I've had some time to kind of sit with it to get to enjoy these characters. And honestly, I wouldn't mind seeing it again in the theater. I mean, I'm having that kind of much fun with it. I, I work in a movie theater, so I was walking in and. uh uh, the, to the theater the other day just to see kind of the the cold open and everything, and I'd oh, yeah. I'd kind of turn the volume up in the theater a bit to where it should be, <laughs> and so like you know you got all the mental patients just kind of howling and everything, and he's just look at me, and then the bam 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 bam, it's like good shit. Yeah, oh yeah, that yes, I love that. Good. Uh, shit. I mean, I love that whole. Yeah, up to up to I mean, first impressions up to the part where. He kills the podcaster after you know he throws the teeth over the the stall and she's in the mm-hmm. stall and all that and he's stalking her and everything in that part and then after that is when I kind of, I didn't lose interest but that's kind of where it like when I like that whole part I loved up to then and then afterwards I was kind of like eh you know like I didn't get on board with the way it developed as much after that but like I said I think after maybe a second viewing it'll without the expectations there. I'll probably enjoy it more. Yeah, because I, I was the same way. I walked out going like, I don't really know what to think about that. I'm like, I don't hate it. I know I don't hate it. But I also yeah. know at this point after the first one, I'm like, I don't know that I really like it. And I was like right. very much kind of like, mm, I'm okay with it. But but I think upon future viewings, it'll, uh, it, it may get up a little bit higher for you. Uh, so that's it, everybody. I'd say two two fair enough recommendations. And let's be honest, if you're the type of person that's going to go see this, you probably already saw it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Everybody should, no matter what you feel about it. I think everybody should at least see it once in the theater too, and see it. Yeah, see it, way. see it with see it with people and stuff, and like and to hear yeah. like like I said, you'll get you'll get your shrieks, you'll get your laughs, you'll you know there's. There's a little bit of something for everybody in there, except no nudity. Yeah. There's no nudity in this film for some reason. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And 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 as <laughs> well, although well, there's one scene, one scene, and it was a scene of Michael Myers' sister. Oh, that one doesn't even flashback. count. That's just fucking from the <laughs> little, first movie. That doesn't count unless we got unless we got fresh boob. No, thank you. Yeah. So right. yeah, that's technically, 70. technically, yeah. we have two boobs in here, but they're retro boobs. They are nice boobs. I'll, I'll give them that much. Uh, <laughs> but it's just it's lifted from the first film. It's not like they. I don't even think they reshot that. No, no, that was straight, straight that, flashback from the first. That movie. was just that was just straight out of the movie. So I don't, I, I ain't counting that unless somebody, somebody <laughs> new naked gets in this one. Eh, maybe not so much. 
Uh, but that's not enough for me to not recommend it to everybody. So uh, so check out Halloween. Uh, so uh, Smoke, tell us real quick again uh, where people can uh, can check out your show, man. Oh yeah, you can go to uh, to either if you got Apple, you can go to iTunes to find us. You can find us on Stitcher, uh, Spotify, and it's All American Spook Show. Uh, Facebook, we have a Facebook page uh, as well as Instagram. It's a AA Spook Show on Instagram, uh, Twitter as well. So we're out there, and you, hell, you can just put All American Spook Show podcast in Google, and you'll pretty much find everywhere we're at. Very good, and uh, we'll hope to hear more from you guys soon. And uh, as I always tell everybody, do stuff live to tape as best you can. Uh, you know, try not to edit anything out because that'll make you a better podcaster faster. Hundred percent. I always tell everybody that, and uh, you know, get, and and keep consistent. That's also the toughest fucking part is keeping consistent. And Lord knows the film finds guilty of that one. Everybody and everybody's like, yeah, I know. There were times when you left for shut up. I don't need to hear that. Uh, <laughs> so we'll be talking about all that kind of good stuff. But next week. We got all kinds of stuff, man, because you know what? Here on the Film Fund, uh, we don't sleep. We don't sleep none. First of all, I do want to say this. Everybody can uh, head on over to patreon.com slash thefilmfind and uh, join those 31 days of Halloween horror. We only got a couple days left in this month to enjoy those. But, of course, uh, for all you Patreon people, you can go back and list all all the other ones here. It's going to end up being like over four hours worth of material uh, just for this month for the low, low price of even $1. So less than the cost of a pack of smokes, go out and get yourself a, a little Patreon love there, patreon.com slash HMP. Next week is going to be a little bit interesting. I'm not exactly sure uh, who I'm going to have in, but uh, we got Johnny English coming out. Hmm? I'm enjoying that. And uh, Hunter Killer, I think that's going to look awful, and I like sub-movies. Uh, but the big one that I'm looking forward to is going to be mid-90s, the uh, writing and directing debut from Jonah Hill. And I'm telling you, I saw that trailer, and I was about like that age in the mid-90s, and boy, oh boy, I was—I didn't live in L.A., but man, there's a lot of that movie that seemed awful true to me. So uh, we'll be talking about that next week with myself or maybe more people. Who the hell knows? Uh, Smoke, thanks for joining me on the show, man. And uh, thank you guys all for listening, and we'll see you next week. 